0: Hello and welcome, dear listeners. My name is Nick Leonhardt. I'm a theatre scholar, cultural historian, and writer. Based in Munich, Germany, yet feeling at home in the world. This is the first episode of the Theatre Escapes podcast produced by the Center for Global Theatre History at LMU Munich. What is global theatre history? How do you research it? How do you talk about it? How do you map it? And why does it deserve its own podcast? Well, to begin with, let's beam ourselves back 120 years. Imagine a newspaper reader. She or he opens a national daily newspaper on an ordinary weekday and learns all kinds of things. The latest political, economic or cultural news a veritable wealth of information about what is happening in the world. Illustrated advertising is in vogue. Toothpaste from Hamburg or German bats exported to China are advertised. The entertainment section spotlights the French actress Sarah Bernard touring South America, the American dancer Louis Fuller performing at the Paris World's Fair, and the famous Japanese actress Sarah showing off her performance skills there. Short news items inform the readers about which celebrities will be boarding transatlantic ships, the reading tour of the Bengali writer Rabindranath Tagore, and that a new theatre will be opening soon in Tokyo. 120 years back. When readers put the paper aside, they seemed to know more about the world events than had ever been available to them before. For readers of that time, events in other parts of the world no longer seemed unreachably far away, but were part of their everyday life, no matter where they were. Reading alone took them across national borders and made them recipients and participants in a cultural mobility that seemed already commonplace. A reader, consumer or theatre-goer could, following Benedict Anderson's idea, see himself or herself as belonging to an imagined world community. Anderson argues that printed word in particular enabled an increasing number of people to experience and recognize that there were like-minded people elsewhere who would never meet through personal contact. At the same time, however, the dissemination of news about other regions also revealed differences and promoted the idea of a nation of one's own, of a we here and they there. In the words of German historian Sebastian Conrad, not although, but precisely because globalization around 1900 upset the political, economic and discursive order of this world of nations, it contributed to the conjuncture of ideas of national particularity. When studying cultural history, it always seems astonishing how active the traveling activities of cultural workers and their artifacts already were in those early years of global travel. Theater has a special role to play in the context of this multi-directional mobility and cultural globalization. The venues in the metropolises become contact zones for artists and state productions from different cultural backgrounds and affiliations. The programmes are varied and arouse the interest of theatre directors from other cities and countries who travel long distances to see the latest performances. Theatre has always been both a local venue or event and a form of entertainment on the move. Translocally or even globally. Only these movements that transcend geographical borders were never been of interest to the field of theater studies. Surprising, no? Starting from the globalization of our time and the effects of globalization on and its meanings for the entire cultural sector, a few years ago, historical and cultural studies began to investigate early phases of globalization. They followed traveling salesmen, works of art and styles in the early modern period, the globalization of ice cream, the influence of Shakespeare on playwrights in other countries, the meandering of Asian arts through the Western Hemisphere, the international business in the entertainment sector, for example in the circus of woodville, the founding of international theatre fairs or festivals, the spreading of international magazines at the beginning of the 20th century, the international instrumentalization of theatre in times of the Cold War, and the massive use of internationally coordinated development and modernization programs in East and West. By putting on a transnational lens and by developing a sensitivity to the study of exchange movements and circulation, completely new perspectives on theatre could be gained. To capture them, digital infrastructures began to be built, for example to capture and visualize networks of theatre practitioners or cultural political activists. This podcast is about all that ice cream and dancers, circulation and couleur locale, conflicts and politics. Its focus is mainly historical, yet is at the same time very open for questions of theatre in a globalized world in recent times. For 10 years, the Center for Global Theatre Histories at LMU Munich has been an interdisciplinary hub for researchers, practitioners and students interested in the transcultural interconnections of art media, and popular culture. The center has built up a broad international network, academic expertise, and an experienced staff. Theater studies may initially be a niche field, but the topics of global theater history concern everyone who is curious about how cultural history affects us today. The Theatrescape's podcast introduces the stories that revolve around cultural globalization global and local, networked and personal, and as vividly as possible. In each of our episodes, I discuss particularly interesting cases, examples, controversies with guests from various disciplines and from all parts of the world. My guests are international experts from art, culture and science. At our microphones, the world speaks to the world. That's pretty amazing. In the name of the GTH Center, I would like to thank you for listening. Welcome aboard a journey through global theater stories.